0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome, Mark. Here we are again on yet another exciting podcast episode for our True Business Stories,
1: and it's uh, good to be in the Clark Rubber Store in South Geelong. Would you call it Graham? Is it?
2: Uh, we call it Belmont. Belmont. Yeah. So
1: Belmont and uh, Bill, who's our guest today?
0: Oh, Graham Reed and Graham and his wife Sharon have uh, hold the franchise. Uh, Graham, is it for just this region, or where's the next? franchised from you
2: uh then the nearest closest one to us would be hoppers crossing um and then on the other side uh, ballarat so they're our two neighbors that we that we work in with
0: oh that's yeah good so you you're the only one in this in the, in the surf Coast ballerine uh, greater geelong area then that's right yes good
1: yeah. so graham tell us where where were you born where did life begin for you what Where did you start
2: oh well we started uh actually life virtually started in in the golden valley in shepparton um uh, you're born and bred local there uh left shepparton at the age of uh, 30 to pursue uh, work opportunities uh but uh, leading up until then yeah shepparton was our home both sharon and i uh, were born and bred in shepparton yeah
1: and what was your first job
2: his first job uh i was actually the paymaster. For a famous company called Jay Furphy and Sons that uh, that make the water cart. Yep. Uh, a Shepparton Institute, um, and that was quite a great experience for me because uh, the Furphy name's been around for hundreds of years, or or I think it's 150. But they build their um, their uh, their progressive uh, your business on are uh, you based on teamwork? Uh, everyone within that organisation is. Is uh, you feels like part of the team, and it was it was good grounding for us to, or or for myself to work there to be able to understand um, um, how a good business works. Yeah.
1: And, and what then led to you leaving Shepp to Geelong?
2: Um, in the early in the early years in Shepparton, uh, a lot of uh, my family's uh, involvement was mainly with sports. So, uh, uh, growing up, it was football, it was athletics, it was basketball, it was cricket. Um, and uh, immediately after um, having the opportunity, I thought I'd I'd be able to to make a career out of uh, sport. By um, uh, we opened up a uh, an indoor sports centre in in Shepparton after 30s, Uh and then had a sports store uh, in a nearby town. Uh, but I soon learnt that 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 yeah uh, pursuing a um, a dream like that you uh, takes more than just being good at what you're doing. So. I didn't make a lot of money, uh, but um, I soon had the opportunity to join a uh, safety a safety business uh, as a sales rep, um, a national safe a a national safety company, and uh, and that gave me the opportunity to go to Ballarat, uh, where they had uh, the opening of a new store there, and I was running that for um, a couple of years, uh, and uh, following that had the opportunity to to then develop. Into northwest Queensland, into the mining industry, selling safety products, and uh, and that was quite exciting as well too. So, um, yeah, that's all all behind us now. Well,
0: that's a great background, Graham. So, what was the tipping point that led you to actually buying a franchise? Because the franchising industry is uh, really big in Australia, and it gets, I guess, it gets a mixed reaction, and it's had a mixed history. Um, and by per capita, I guess worldwide, there are more franchises in Australia per capita that, than there are anywhere else in the world. So, what tip? How did you go about the process? For uh, I'll go back again, ask my original question. Yeah. What was the tipping point to think franchising, and how did you go about choosing a franchise?
2: Well, when when I got to a stage that that I was looking for um, a new adventure, I suppose. Uh, uh, after after leaving Mount Iso, um, uh, a partner and I op- opened up our own safety business in in uh, Geelong as a startup company, um, um, and that and that went quite well. Um, had a really good business partner who who like myself had a good understanding of the safety industry. Uh, but looking for another adventure or a, another another career path or a change in career path, um, I realised that that if I didn't have the expertise in the uh, area, I did need some. Some, uh, some basic grounding from a franchisor to be able to, to progress us through to the next stage um, and then it came down to, um, to, to doing some solid research into the different types of franchises um, and like you said Bill there's, there's plenty out there to choose from and, it, and you can almost swim in the, um, and get lost in the amount of, uh, of opportunities that, that come to you and they all sound great, they all sound wonderful. Uh, what I liked about the Clark Rubber franchise is is that um, uh, what I could see from looking in is that um, it gave us the opportunity to to be able to to use our entrepreneurial skills amongst our own business. Um, Clark Rubber's quite a quite a uh, unique uh, franchise uh, structure, mainly because of the retail area that we work in, but also the different products that are in the retail mix as well. Uh, if you have a look at our store, we've actually got three different stores here. We've got a we've got a rubber store, we've got a foam store, and we've got a pool store. So the franchisee can help you through a lot of things, but uh, the main uh, the main progression, if you want to be successful, is your own is your own input, and that's what I felt was good about about this opportunity.
0: And the support from the franchisor is that met all your expectations.
2: Uh, yeah, yes, it has. Uh, they. In the early days of, of of um of having a look at the structure and how they operated, I was keen to see uh, what sort of family tree they had within their own organisation, and and uh, they've got a support staff of uh, it fluctuates between how how things are progressing, but in between about forty and sixty staff in their head office, uh, all with specific roles to be able to to manage to manage the back end of the business. Uh, we get a lot of reports every week, um, uh, which we can uh, drill down to to see how our stock levels are and how how our purchasing is going. Uh, we have uh, financial support, as in as in uh, um, um, accounting services, we call on as well too. So, um, I've been quite happy with the support from the franchisor. Yeah.
1: Is it centralized buying, Graham, or do you have your own buying ability?
2: Um, it's currently we have our own hundred uh, percent our own buying ability, um, and that extends a little bit to what I was saying before about having your own entrepreneurial flair. Uh, uh, flair, sorry. Uh, uh, we negotiate your bulk purchases with a lot of our a lot of our suppliers, um, and we have full control over our over our stock levels. Uh, we are given um, our guides as to as to what is the best practice for purchasing, and that helps a lot. But um, um, if we're strong in one area, we can really concentrate on that as well too, Mark. Yeah.
1: And do um, uh, do they uh, bring you all together as a, as a group? So do all the managers get together? And that's when a lot of good information changes hands, when you, you all meet face-to-face. But is that, has that been happening? Oh, COVID's obviously killed some of that. But
2: uh, Yeah, we do have a really strong uh, networking um, um, opportunities uh, via um, – uh, we have uh, state meetings, so uh, all the Victorian – and uh, Tassie your stores get together uh, twice a year. Uh, we have a grand, um, uh, we have a grand uh, annual annual uh, conference where all suppliers and store owners and and uh, award nights and and uh, that's really good to to be able to get away and let the hair down and 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 uh, you socialise with all the other store owners as well. Um, and there's also a um, and National Franchise Committee, which which I'm a part of, which we meet twice a year as well too. So, uh, yeah, there's always something happening in that respect, Mark. Very, very
1: good. So the other the other question, obviously, uh, being a, a retailer, retail is one of those industries that um, suffered greatly during the two years of COVID. How, how did you guys go? What did you do to that was different, or how did you keep the business ticking?
2: Uh, it certainly was different. Uh, it, it, so looking back on it now, it's... It's probably the most challenging uh, your two years that I've had in in uh, business um, It's mainly because as with everybody else we had no um, we had no uh, influence over our over our, our own destiny. Uh, I remember uh, religiously uh, looking at the um, at, at the TV whenever uh, the premier had a had a press conference which was every day and just waiting for a bombshell of uh, we're going to be closed mm-hmm. or or our, our industry will suffer more than others. And, and it just, it was a sense of hopelessness because um, whatever you're doing in the background has no, has no bearing on what they're gonna come out with. <laughs> um, but uh, luckily enough um, for our, our retail industry, our products that we sell um, are related to, to, to home. So there's a lot of home improvement Uh, your products that we have we have flooring we have uh, foam which which everybody uses around the home Um, our pool services um, our our pool sales were elevated as well too so um, um, in a sense we actually grew our business over over COVID Uh, but with that came a lot of challenges as well too uh, uh, such as staff such as uh, supply of stock uh, such as having to deal with with uh, the problems that came with COVID Um, um, there was a swinging attitude on the shop floor from yeah, from customers and and uh, a lot of it was was um, ill-directed. Um, so uh, our staff had to had to try and manage that as well as as try and, and live their own lives, which was uh, thrown in, into turmoil as well. So in hindsight it was it was probably good for business but but uh, it did take its toll. I just personally, yeah.
0: yeah, just on that, Graham. I know you are a family business because you're in this with Sharon, uh, um, and I know a little bit about your family dy- dynamics. Um, so, how did the family and did, I, did, you would have had home school or uh, uh, your school would have been closed? Yes. So, you've got the business, you've got kids at school, although they're, they're not little kids. Yes, um, how did that all impact on, on, on you as a
2: family? um not as much as if the children had been younger i've yeah. I've, uh, I've got three children we've got uh, um, a young lady who's 24 who's out of home uh, but our two boys at, at home uh, are uh, year 11 and year uh, eight so they were able to to manage the home schooling quite easily um, there was often they'd be finished their schooling uh, well before lunchtime for the day so they had their own uh, their own time after that so um, it didn't have a great impact on our on our family, um, but I was I was really heartfelt for the for the families that that did do it really hard in in that time because of the um uh, the young kids yeah
0: the um yeah and I know one of your sons uh, you must have DNA in the family do you across the family because I know one of your sons is a uh, school is he a school can I call him a champion but he's doing really well in high jump.
2: Yeah. uh yeah actually both boys are are yeah. right into their sport um uh, right across the board so football athletics basketball um and and uh yeah they uh, we enjoy uh, that part of it as well too because we get involved um in in uh, some of the um of the committees that they're involved with so it's really it's really like a family adventure the sport yeah sure. <laughs>
1: The other, the other aspect of through the whole COVID was people sort of discovered online shopping in a big way. That flowed through to you as well, Grant.
2: It has, it has. Um, uh, luckily, uh, this was a focus of our business uh, even before COVID because of the the, uh, the introduction of companies like um, uh, 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 Amazon, and uh, they they sort of uh, pioneered the way to enable online shopping to get to get moving uh, fairly heavily before COVID. So we were almost geared up for that uh, when it happened. Uh, and then we noticed a big change in, in, um, in, in the shopping habits uh, when COVID hit as well too. So um, our online shop uh, went through the roof through COVID and it's dropped back a bit as well too. Um, mm-hmm. um, a lot of our customer service is, is uh, in store. So uh, uh, there's a lot of advice needed with a lot of the products that we sell. Uh, So online was good, but we still have a a real need to be able to service the customer on the floor as well. Uh,
0: So um, you've got an an enormous number of uh, SKUs, as I call them, out Mm. there. Uh, (laughs) I hate to do the stock take, but uh, what's your biggest selling item? Because I also know that you have a bit of a story to tell about foam mattresses around Christmas camping time.
2: Yeah, it's... It's quite seasonal. Um, uh, we probably do uh, half of our turnover in three to four months of the year, mainly being summer, um, where we have our pool, our pool side of the business is, is, uh, is quite dominant, that takes over, uh, and, and we sell all, all sizes of pools, from permanent pools in ground to, to little baby pools that you have in the backyard, so actually pools are quite a dominant feature of our business. Uh, but yeah, but Ge- yeah, Geelong being um, um, a holiday destination place, uh, we do find that our foam mattress uh, sales um, um, are quite are quite high as well too. So actually, both of those products are probably our two our two uh, our two premiums.
0: Well, I did buy two of them here for my own for my own grandchildren when they visit, uh, but they won't sleep in them, and I end up sleeping in them because they want to sleep in. In, in my beard, that's the problem.
2: Uh, thanks yeah. for the sale, Bill. Yeah, yeah that's it.
0: right. Yeah. Um, so, just a little bit about your staff. You know, all the talks about the lack of staff, or the availability of staff. Mm-hmm. So, how do you get on with your staff? How do you keep them motivated? Because yep. retailing is uh, you know, full on profession, in my opinion. So, what's your relationship with your staff, and how do you keep that momentum going?
2: It's a it's a constant it's a constant um, uh, um, area that we that we do focus on heavily because um, and no matter what we do in the back office or no matter how strong Clark Rubber is as a as a company um, the people that come into our store uh, yeah will only be judged on how we serve them and 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 the products that we recommend so um, our staff selection is 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 uh, ultra important to be able to maintain a high level. Um, we have a mixture of of uh, full time staff and uh, casual staff. Um, we often we often have um, have sales incentives. We often have uh, team meetings. Uh, but most importantly, um, as I may have mentioned when we were talking about the original Yeffurfi and Sons, uh, yeah, the sense of teamwork is is, is probably what. Uh, what we tend to focus on more so than than uh, ind- individual efforts. Um, and uh, our, our casual staff is particularly important to us because uh, when we have those those three or four summer months that I talked about, uh, uh, we do need to have the right number on the floor. Uh, we're open seven days a week, so there's got to be a, um, a strong roster that keeps them involved. And uh, we find that we're quite lucky being in Geelong because um, we target... Uh, the university students for our casual work um, um, insofar as the uh, the summer months they're, they're, yeah, they're generally free um, and then in the winter months when when we're not as as needy for staff they don't need as much hours because they're uh, they're at university the other part of that is that um, it's being university students uh, they're keen to learn um, and it comes naturally to them uh, whereas for me, I take longer to pick up things than what I I see my staff picking them up. So we're we're really lucky to be able to turn over some casual staff that are really of good quality, um, and we're also lucky enough that that we we try and feed off the staff that we have to introduce new people into our business. So uh, if we have a staff member that recommends a friend. Uh, the onus is on the friend to be able to get take ownership of the of the recommendation, um, and and uh, we find that we do not have a, a big turnover of staff.
1: So, yeah. as a, as a family business, you and your partner Sharon, yep. 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 Um, how do you? What's the decision making process? Do you actually have a formal sit down and talk about
2: the business and do a strategic plan?
1: And how, how do you operate?
2: Actually, I've never been asked that before, Mark. I, have to have to consider that because it's not something that we we deliberately talk about. Um, so, in answer to your question, I just think we wing it. <laughs> uh, there's times that that uh, something may pop into Sharon's head and and she mentions it and we talk about it, but there's no formal there's no formal decision making process. Um, and uh, so far, I think it's gone it's gone pretty well for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Graham. Just sorry, Mark. on that is yeah you might wing it there because it's about retail and it's about personal relationships and customer support but uh, i would suggest that it's the strength of the franchise behind you with the systems and processes that enables you and you said before you you you're not you're, i guess you're not you're not running a franchise being told what to do every day but the support you've got you got behind you allows you to to run it as your intuition tells you that's what you need to do. Would that be fair comment?
2: I think that's pretty yeah. much on the on the money bill. Yeah, yeah. having that support behind us means that uh, that takes away a lot of a lot of the little decision making that would then I uh, need resolving. Yes.
1: The other the other uh, what we've discovered with uh, our podcasting is uh, uh, a great majority of business owners have uh, a mentor someone they can sand things out or bounce do you, do you have someone that you uh, whether it's an, a mentor in an official sense but somebody that you do sand things out and bounce things off apart from your partner <laughs>
2: um, yeah uh, we do individually as a, as store owners um, um, actually when we do meet up as we said before Mark we often we often uh, develop uh, strong relationships with uh, um, existing store owners and and uh, that networking then continues on a one-on-one basis, um, and there's probably there's probably five or six uh, uh, your store owners that that are continually are communicating with each other and 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 are throwing ideas. Yeah, so it's more of a networking process rather than a mentoring, but but it is important. Yeah.
0: Well, that's yeah. another strength of a robust franchise system. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, outside of work. You're open seven days a week, but you can't physically be here seven days twenty-four. You might sometimes think you are. So, what do you do outside of work?
2: Well, yeah, the kids are still uh, are still at home, so uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, your family involvement, um, uh, and that involves your mainly sport. Uh, I've got a boat. I enjoy fishing out on the out on the bay when I can. Uh, that 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 doesn't happen as often as what it should be. Um, and uh, we do like socialising as well too. We have a we have a nice uh, network of friends that we often get together with. So uh, yeah, just the general things that yeah people do outside of their work. Yeah. Uh,
0: that well, we can't all be, work twenty four hours a day. Although yeah. some will tell you that their greatest, uh, I guess, sense of pride is that they've never not haven't had a holiday and. Ten years, um, but you've got plenty of gear out here to go camping and doing things. I can see that. So t-
1: tell us a bit about the charity work that you do, Graham, that you're quite involved in.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's something that's sort of developed over the over the last year decade. Where um, I suppose we get to an age, uh, sort of late fifties at the moment, and and um, and looking back, on it I've had a I've had a really good journey, and and there's opportunities within yeah within our own community to. To help people that aren't as fortunate. Um, so, uh, uh, a few years ago, uh, a couple of us got together and and started a um, um, an auction charity that that supports the Give Where You Live Foundation. Um, and and really happy to support the Give Where You Live because they then you distribute their funds throughout the community as as they need to, and that's better than than us trying to pick who we should be able to support because we'd like to support everyone but we can't. So um, uh, supporting um, an organisation like Give Where You Live is is uh, something that that we really enjoy doing. Um, and we hold an actual um, an annual auction uh, every year out at the woolen mills um, um, and uh, invite invite um, actually quite a few important people from around the community. And and we get a lot of support through that. So we really enjoy doing that side of it. Yeah.
1: That's fantastic, Graham. And what what, uh, what it leads to is someone that's very busy, I mean retail seven days a week, just shows you that there's always that little bit more that you can do and, and, and it's fantastic. You're giving back into the community. So I commend you for that. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. So Graham, thank you for the chat. Um, it's not as painful as you might have thought it would be, <laughs> but it's great to learn a bit about you and your business and your family and Bill.
0: Yeah, I I repeat your comments, Mark. Uh, Graham. thank you for giving us your time. You've got a great business here, and we hope it just keeps going from strength to strength.
2: Thank you, Bill, and uh, thank you, Mark. It's exciting to be part of a podcast. I've never done that before.